Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Level Playing Field. I'm your host, Andrew Kimball, and joining me today, Alex Van Nice. Hello. And Caleb Van Nice. Hi. Was that the same person? I couldn't tell. I'm just kidding. They look the same, but their voices are different. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about a little indie game not too many people have played. It's called The Last of Us. Uh, most we're, of you probably missed this game. It came out in, I think, August of, what was it, 2013? 13, I believe, yeah. yeah. Before the indie movement really took off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So now that that dumb joke is over, I really want to get to the most important news story of this week, which was how upset Jared Leto was about the new Joker movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was one of those. Oh, yeah, you didn't hear about that. So, you know, the new Joker movie came out with Joaquin Phoenix. And yes. uh, Jared Leto, who uh, famously or infamously played Joker in, tried suicide, to play Joker at some, yeah. in Suicide Squad, um, just made a statement that he was upset that um, Warner Brothers had basically moved forward with the Joker project without him. Like they had talked to him about doing a Joker movie based on his Joker around the time that Suicide Squad was in production. And then eventually they changed directions and just went in a completely different direction which apparently paid off for them yeah this movie's good and i can't imagine the suicide squad joker solo movie being good like look normally my issues with the overexposure of joker aside you normally you throw joker into a story and like the movie gets more interesting like at least the more chaotic shoots a little bit more life into it suicide squad was already not a good movie and it this is the only time i've ever seen in anything where Joker shows up and it actually gets less interesting. Like it already was at a pretty low baseline of quality. And then every scene he was in was worse somehow. Ah, ah, ah. This handsome hunka hunka. What, <laughs> what was that? Why? <laughs> Why is anything in that movie happening? Yeah, but he had tattoos and he was edgy. Yeah. And he was, what, what was the tad? He was like um, damaged. Damaged. You, you knew he was a damaged individual because it said so. It reminds me of that famous quote. I know people who use subtext and they're cowards. So, yeah, I guess, I don't know. But no, he. I. it's just funny to me because I just now have the mental image of like, it was like some sort of relationship where it was like, well, don't, um, it's not, it's not you, it's us. And then they just stopped returning his phone calls and made a different movie. Um, which to be fair, I'm pretty sure Jared Leto is like the leader of like some cult now. Wait, what? Um, yeah, I, I can't. If I'm remembering correctly, he's just got this weird little. They call themselves a family. They they they're all hanging out on some island somewhere. It's a little, it's a little eyebrow raising. So oh, we've yes. gone off the rails immediately. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> but You're it's been one. fun. So on a scale from one to ten, how sympathetic are you for Jared Leto and his hurt feelings, Alex? I I think the actor will do fine. I think he will continue with work. That's not places. a number. <laughs> Two, negative three. four. <laughs> negative four. <laughs> I don't like Jared Leto. <laughs> I was gonna say one, but I don't know enough about the man. Honestly, I have very little context for this. But yeah, no, not very. Okay, well, this has been the Jared Leto podcast. Uh, Caleb, yes, give me some sort of fun spoiler warning for what we're about to talk about all right so ladies and gentlemen we are about to talk about the 2013 game the last of us published by naughty dog um it's very good i highly recommend it if you've never played the game i would recommend giving it a shot this is not a sort of discussion on whether or not you should play it 
This is more of a discussion on what we thought about it after playing it. So we're going to talk about everything, including the ending. Especially the ending. The ending has a whole lot of stuff to unpack, and we'll talk about it in very great detail. Part of the problem, though, is if you haven't played the game, you'll lack a lot of the context for what we're saying. It's not so much that it's a twist ending, it's just that it's an ending that has a lot of angles to it. So It also builds up. Like, if you just watch that ending... Yeah, you're there's you're like okay, sure. But playing through the whole game, then getting to that ending, it ha- has a lot more weight. Yeah. yeah, so I would highly recommend if you haven't played The Last of Us and you have any interest in it. Part of the reason we're doing this podcast is it was just added to PlayStation Plus at the beginning of this month. Um, so go ahead, go grab it, go give it a shot. Uh, once you've played it, or if you just if you don't care, then yeah, go ahead. We're gonna spoil it pretty heavily though. I mean, we're not going to tell you not to listen because right, right, we would right. love to have more listeners. So. Exactly. But, you know, just be aware that when you, you decide to listen to this podcast, we are going to give it all away. All right. That's pretty thorough. So I have, I just wrote down basically a list of talking points, Think the things that I think are important mm-hmm. to talk about kind of when you bring up this game. They're not necessarily in, in any order of like, or any structure for how we should discuss them. But I did kind of start with more things like graphics and things that aren't story based necessarily kind of touch on the game as a as a as a product and as a game yeah and then kind of dive into yeah and story and the right no and i get that and i'll argue holistic that it is a holistic thing where it's like all the story is connected to the gameplay the gameplay supports the story all that stuff but it is there is a part of people who you talk about this game like it's just a story and they kind of tune out because they don't they're like I want to play a game, not watch a movie. It is much more cinematic than a lot of other games, but it is still a game at the end of the day. There are people out there who just skip through cutscenes. Yeah. Gameplay first. Yeah. Honestly, like, well, we're going to get to the gameplay, but it holds up really well as a game. Like, it's just fun. Yeah. It's horrifying, but it's it's interesting. For once... I may be the more negative one in the discussion, whereas that's usually Caleb's job. Yeah, no, because I really like this game too. I, I like I like the game. I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna be like countering everything you say and trying to tell you the game is bad, but I feel like I may be on like you know cloud seven, whereas you're on cloud nine. That's fair. That's very fair. And this game is this game does hit everyone differently because like I'm a it, it very like the second it came out. Um it was pretty much hailed as like, oh, this is the Citizen Kane of video games. This is like one of the all-time greats. Like, Which part of that kind of a f- might have affected me playing it because when you hear about it so much, you go in with all these expectations. Mm-hmm. But let's kind of dial it back a little bit. Uh, first of all, this game came out for PlayStation 3. Yes. Yes. I played it on PlayStation 4, the remaster. Mm-hmm. Did you two play it when it launched on PlayStation 3? I played it, I... It was a few, it was at least a year, I think, after it came out. For you, for me, um, it was, uh, I got it for Christmas the year it came out. Like, it came out in August, and then it had a um, Black Friday sale, and I had put it on my list of things I wanted for Christmas, and so my parents got me that. Okay. Um, and I played it pretty much, I started the day after Christmas. Great Christmas game, yeah. Really, yeah, no, really I, it puts you in the mood. I intentionally did not play that until like December 26th because like, I'm Christmas like, Christmas is over, time to be depressed. Oh, yeah. yes, and because this game, we'll, we'll get to that, but this oh, game yeah. hits you right at the beginning with like a brick of emotion. Oh, yeah. Um, but going, yeah, I played it pretty much, I had heard the buzz, heard the praise, but I hadn't, 
it it was pretty much at its peak at that point. Everyone was already saying this is one of the masterpieces of gaming. But like, yeah, I played it pretty close to launch on the PS3 because I didn't get a PS4 until it came out in 2013. Because it was like the swan song of the yeah. PlayStation 3, which is why it was so easy to port. Well, not I don't want to say so easy, but why it was a good candidate <laughs> to be ported to, port to PlayStation 4. I feel yeah. like there were probably a lot of people that picked it up and played it on their PlayStation 4. Some people think of it as like an early PlayStation 4 game. Oh, yeah. no, that's, Just in their mind, you know? Yeah. I do also appreciate, though, that it seems to be a trend with the last couple generations, and it looks like we're going to get it again with this generation as it closes out there of like one or two last big games before the previous generation ends. Because then it's... Yeah. It's something you can... If you pick up a PS5, you can go back, especially since it's supposedly really backwards compatible. You can go back and pick up the stuff for PS4 you didn't get. But if you're going to wait a little bit, it's nice to have like one or two more big meaty games. Yeah, decent games you can play on your current console. Because that was me. I didn't get a PS3 until... I mean, a PS4 until 2016 when Uncharted 4 came out. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this was nice as someone who had only had their PS3 for a few years. Um, Just like one last hefty game for that console that i would still hold on to for another couple years now not that it really matters but you two probably would say that your playstation is your primary console um at the moment yes for me what about last gen last gen it was a little bit more spread out evenly i didn't have a 360 until basically the very end so that didn't factor into it but i mean the it it just swapped a whole bunch like I i we had the wii from not quite day one, but pretty early on. Right. Uh, and that was the primary gaming console for a while and then switched over to PS3 when I got that. And then it switched over to the Wii U for the six months that that was a viable console. Um, <laughs> it's crazy how the Wii U had some excellent games. Oh, it had a phenomenal little library of like nine games that, that were really good. Yeah, missed was, out on because nobody wanted to buy it. Yeah, and I didn't have, yeah, and that could be an entire different discussion. But yeah, I didn't have thankfully like a lot of them have gotten ported. Sellers, you know. yeah. Yeah. So you guys played on PS3. I played on PS4 with the remaster, picked it up on sale because I, like I've said before, I'm sure I bought my PlayStation 4 when Spider-Man came out. So kind of mm-hmm. late in the generation of uh, 2018. Although you, I remember clearly, you watched our house for us while we were on vacation. Right. I started The Last of Us on, yeah. was that PS3? Yeah. Yeah, so I started it, and I was in your house, which was not, wasn't like being in a strange place, but, you know, it wasn't my house. Mm-hmm. And I decided, because, you know, you hear how great this game is, that I would play it. And I got to pretty much the first clicker encounter and was like i kind of noped right out of it and well thought, which is you know, a fair point i'll play this later nope out <laughs> well of this yeah game. no going back to when i started playing i was house sitting for someone at the same time weirdly enough during christmas break so i took my ps3 over to their house the day after christmas and played last of us and very quickly being in that house by myself i decided i wasn't going to play this game after dark like when you get to the stuff with the clickers Mm-hmm. I just no no I'm good I'm it's good like play for an hour watch an episode of Family Guy play for an hour watch an episode of Parks and Rec <laughs> you gotta bring the mood back up <laughs> well right no and I could play for several hours on it in fact I enjoyed it but just I realized after one or two times of making this mistake I could not play it right before bed like if I played it and then it's like oh well it's late I'm gonna go to sleep uh, that didn't you that didn't nightmares and existential dread yeah that didn't so we're kind of dancing all around the mood of the game something I wanted to touch on real quick was just like the graphics 
and the world building in this game. Because I would say going back to it on PlayStation 4, there are certain things that it's kind of like, okay, I can tell this is a last-gen game. Yeah, yeah. But in general, it holds up really well. It yeah. looks it looks really good. You could tell it it was a oh at the time it was premium. Yeah, it was game. Yeah. at the time at the time it was released. It was the best graphics anyone had ever seen. Which I will take a little sidebar here because everyone is saying how like amazing uh, Last of Us Two is looking, and we're gonna touch on that later on down down in this discussion. But they're saying it looks like you know the best game ever made so far, the most beautiful thing, the most realistic horse movement and physics and all this. And I feel like did these people just not play Red Dead Redemption Two because while I agree it looks just as good and maybe slightly better, I don't think it looks leagues above that. No, no. And but, it also, whereas Red Dead is a, an entire open world that looks like that, Last of Us is going to be pretty linear. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but that's just, you know, you're, you're getting that off my chest. <laughs> no, I get that. But no, at the time, and this has always been Naughty Dog's thing, is pushing the tech forward. Yeah. But it is just astounding each time how they do push it forward. And Last of Us was pretty much the pinnacle of that for PS3. It like right. wrung every single graphical capability it could out could out of that system. And it is actually really amusing. I know you haven't played any of the Uncharted's yet, but I have all the Uncharted's for PS3, and then Last of Us for PS3. And it's amazing watching the Uncharted. The first looks like a very very rudimentary PS3 game. It has if you play what I imagine you'll play when you go through them, which is the um, the PS4 uh collectors collect thing. collection yeah, that's how i'd go they they tweaked the graphics for all of them they didn't like right. overhaul them but like there's not as huge of a graphical leap between one and two and if you go back and play them on ps3 there is a huge graphical leap between one and two and by the time they got to three on the ps3 it's like wow this is really impressive the last of us was like another gigantic leap forward at the time so I, i'm not it does hold up because me and alex have both tinkered around on the PS4 edition that was dropped on PlayStation Plus the past couple of days. Mm -hmm. And yes, it is still very much, oh, it doesn't quite hold a candle next to some of the, like, God of War or Red Dead or Last of Us Part 2. It still looks kind of gamey in some places, Mm -hmm. you know, but... But it still holds up really well. It looks really well. Emotion is conveyed relatively well on faces. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the lighting is still really well done. Mm -hmm. The the textures are really solid. Like, the animation... I'm sure they maybe touch some of that up on the remaster oh they but in general yeah overall it still looked pretty good i guess let's just kind of dive into this the first question i guess the only question thing i pose as a question versus just a talking point is is this a fun game (laughs) and did you enjoy playing it (laughs) how do i put that no and yes (laughs) like it's not fun as in like gee i want to you know have a fun good time do this whatever it's intense it is it it is the definition of the word tense you're you're fighting for your life at every step of it i did really enjoy it though because i do like occasionally not all the time but i do like that sort of like kind of brooding in introspective kind of forms of art like you know I, i enjoy watching movies that are more heavy that like make you think um well it actually going back to when I first played it. When I first played it, I hadn't played a whole lot of like stuff like this. Right. You mean um, like games that are telling a intense dark story and also games that are kind of I guess you can straight up call this a survival horror game. Right. And it's got a very pessimistic outlook and it's really bleak. Like the the part you might latch on to is surface level stuff of like, oh wow, this is really dark and really violent. But like the tone of The Last of Us is very 
heavy, like from the beginning, which we will talk to about when we talk more about the story, but it's very heavy. When I played it, I was like, wow, this was really dark. And, and for a little bit, I was wondering like, are, is this just the direction where things are going? And it's funny, not probably a week after I finished the game, I was going through my bucket list of movies I had to watch, you know, being a film nerd like I am. And I finally got to uh, the John Wayne movie, The Searchers. And despite being a film made in the 60s with John Wayne in it. And so you're like, oh, okay. It is every bit as bleak and heavy an outlook as The Last of Us. And it was just sort of that, oh, this is still really good. But okay, yeah, no, we've been doing stories like this forever. In gaming, I'm trying to think what else was big at the time. Oh, yeah, this was a little... I think part of the reason it got so much praise and so much acclaim as like a game changer for the medium... Because it was different. Because it was very different. We did not have a lot of things like that. Because you had... I mean, you have your survival horror games and stuff, but none of them were... Yeah, they didn't dog. go for like deep or anything. They yeah. went for oh look, it's zombies run, or it's like jump scares or whatnot. Yeah, this no, like- most survival horror was about. It was more akin to eighties slasher movies, kind of where it's like oh jump scare and oh ooh, creepy. And then we were starting to get into more story driven, character driven, like important games like that with games like uh, Red Dead Redemption and, and things. But that's Rockstar, mm-hmm. you know top tier developer always pushing limits and and it was a western so it wasn't scary really right well yeah and there's a lot of things that the last of us does that would annoy me or make me roll my eyes in another game but part of the reason it was so to me it's just executed at a higher level than a lot of other things do like the opening scene which we will talk about but just the base concept of it would make me roll my eyes had most anyone else done it. Like, I think you have to reference it like two or three more times before we actually talk about it. Yeah, no, I think yeah. that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's I the think thing. That's the... There's so many things that would normally in this game would make me roll my eyes if someone pulled them out as a plot point in another game. Mm-hmm. But the the direction and the weight and the... And the game took itself seriously. Yeah, it, it handled it with delicacy and made you invest and made you care. And it was written well, and it was directed well, and it was acted well. So it felt more mature than a lot of games that were doing similar stuff. Like, this is not the first game that deals with, oh, your main character's grumpy because he's lost his family. There have been many, many games uh, that have done that. But while normally that makes me kind of roll my eyes, because like, oh, yes, no, he's sad, I get it. This one handled it with like delicacy and like pain and wasn't yeah and it wasn't obvious about it it was kind of it wasn't even in to a certain extent it didn't just use his family's well we're gonna get into story stuff later but it used it with actual purpose Mm -hmm. good another reference going back to the question alex would you call this a fun game and did you enjoy playing it um well i mean as far as fun goes, like it's not a Mario game where you're jumping around like just having the time of your life. Like, you can't be a frog. You can't throw you can't your hat. Be a frog. Throw and your hat is, to the frog and then that, you the frog. Yeah, that is a detractor, not being a frog. But it was I did find it a fun game. It's one of those games where you're always put in these dangerous situations and you're figuring things out and it makes you feel like, Oh, I can figure all this out um while it's hitting you with all this existential dread and you are scared for your life about zombies. So Alex is sick in the head because he thought this game was fun i get it though what he's saying if you if you can take away the atmosphere of the game it's almost like a puzzle game it is and the game just the core gameplay itself is okay here's a room here's the enemies i have so many resources i can use to get myself out of situations if i need to 
how do I get through this room? Right. No. And then what approach a- do I take? Am I going to try to just sneak through it? Am I going to try to fight through it? Am I going to kill these two, but leave these alone? Right. No, there is an element of fun in that. I think where I see where Alex is coming from though, because you're right. It's not quote unquote fun, like a good happy time. But to me, there is something very exciting about, okay, you're, Back is against the wall. You're at the bottom of the totem pole. Fight your way to the top. Get out of this situation. And that's what the game is kind of continuously doing, which is it puts you in a creepy situation. You're outgunned, outmatched, whatever. Figure it out. I would say that I did not enjoy this game as far as gameplay goes. I thought the shooting was terrible. I thought the stealth was good. Pretty good. If you couldn't listen through walls, if you like played on hardcore mode, I don't know how you could beat this game. (laughs) But the the story, the characters in the world and wanting to see how it all played out kind of pushed me through. I, I already won't replay this game, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I definitely wouldn't have gone back to it just for the gameplay. Yeah. Also, you don't get any trophies when you play through it the first time. No, you have to like, the game is very, very conscious of its tone. Yeah. To the extent like, Okay, so here's a fun little tidbit. In the first three Uncharted games, I'm having a hard time remembering three, but one and two definitely, you could unlock alternate skins for Nate. So you could uh, play as basically any other character in the story. Once you unlock, once you beat the game once, you could purchase like certain skins using points you earned through playing the game and just play through any section of the game as random bad guy number six or Eddie Raja or Elena, any of the characters who were in the game who had a character model, you could swap them out for Nate's. It would sometimes be kind of janky. Like Uh if you played as a female character, their body was smaller and they would just kind of stretch a little bit to to get (laughs) some of those bits. The last of us has alternate skins and whatnot after the first playthrough, but they, they're still fairly serious. Like you can't just, okay. So you can't just play it as Ellie through the majority of the game you can't swap out joel for ellie instead they're like here's alternate costumes for ellie they're usually ones she's already had in the game Mm -hmm. and we'll apply them to ellie but ellie's still the side character you're playing as joel you can change out some of joel's outfits but again there's nothing silly in any of them there was definitely some silly stuff in nathan drake correct me if i'm wrong but like, couldn't you? Yeah, you could play as um in the first one, Cartoon Drake, which was built like you know the old superhero cartoons we used to watch, where they like had giant muscular triangle bodies and tiny legs. Mm-hmm. You could you could do that in the first Uncharted, just hmm. just because it was cute and fun. And they're like, no cute and fun in Last of Us. This is yeah, and serious. Like, if you want to play the game as a game and go trophy hunting and stuff, you have to do that in a second playthrough, basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. I think it's time for the moment you've all been waiting for. Break into the story of the game. Let's dive into what makes this game so special, starting with the opening where Joel's daughter dies. Yeah, no, talk about like, the game is very, very good at telling you exactly what sort of thing it is right off the bat, Hmm. because it's this very emotional story. Oh, look, it's sweet. It's a guy and his daughter, and it's, you know... And they make you play as the daughter. Uh huh. No, know? that's a really smart choice on their behalf because instantaneously your emotion, your whether you realize it or not, you're subconsciously attached to protecting her. Because you know that's 
in any video game, when you're playing as that character, you're like, oh, I don't want them to die because that's you. Mm-hmm. So immediately... Yeah, that's my character. Yeah. Immediately you empathize with the daughter and you control her through most of the opening. It's not until the very last segment where you're, you know, Joel carrying her that you play as anyone else. I mean, even during the uh, car drive to that last segment, you're still her in the back seat. You can look around and whatnot, but you, mm-hmm. you're still very much her. So it puts you in those shoes and then it takes you out of them while she's injured. So you're already like, I have to protect her. And then I think this is important. The circumstances of her death are completely out of your hands. Like it's a cut scene. You can't do anything about it. It's even more reinforcing the powerlessness of the fact that there's nothing you could have done. Mm-hmm. It just hits you. There's actually a couple really interesting bits there, especially how she's, um, especially how she's killed is not Alex played through the first segment of the game Friday, I th- yeah. uh, Thursday. And then I started playing through the DLC, which I'd never played before left behind. So we won't have much to talk about that. I was going to say, we're going to touch on that a little bit. Okay. Well, okay. yeah, uh, I started playing it. So we'll, I'll have a little bit to say, but watching Alex play through it again. And then me and him talk about the opening scene. What's interesting about the story is that the zombies outbreak is more of a backdrop than the actual it's more or less motivation or justification to what everyone's doing. It's not, they affect the actual Ellie and Joel very little in some ways. Like the main things that change the game are usually, uh, are usually the res- result. Like, yeah. Related. It's usually the people. The point of the last of us is like, Hey, in these circumstances, this is what human beings will do. Right. It's a backdrop. Right. And that's very evident. And even the fact that how Sarah dies is, which is his daughter, is not by a zombie outbreak, not anything. It's a soldier who's been ordered to like contain the outbreak by killing anyone who makes it past the line. So from the very beginning, I think it's a mission statement about what the game is about, which is about empathy, about being put in shoes that you wouldn't expect to be. And also about the fact that you're not actually in control of this story, which I think is a really big point that the... um game drives home over and over again which is that this is not a story where you get to be here and make the choices you're playing through someone else's shoes and what's going to happen is going to happen regardless of what you would rather happen because i want to make one point clear we'll talk about the ending now that we've talked about the beginning i have to allude to something else right we'll talk about the ending but my first playthrough i didn't like the ending at all like i hated it and now i'm kind of supposed to yeah no i've come around to that conclusion like you're supposed to hate the ending it's art yeah, no, I yeah. Trust me, I've I went to film school. I'm fairly familiar now with um that sort of Oh no, you're supposed to hate its guts. It's yeah, art. It it's was important. supposed to create emotion in you. Yes. And make you react in a certain way. It wasn't supposed to make you happy. Yes, no. And I admittedly, now yeah. that I've come around to seeing like, oh, okay, that was on purpose that I was it, supposed it to be mad. That, yeah. yeah, I'm like, okay, that is actually really good. But yeah, no, this is a game that's all about hey, you're going to go through this and you're going to get to know these people, but this isn't your story. This is theirs. So speaking of story, you're Joel. Your daughter dies. Makes you kind of this hard, hollowed out sort of person. off guy. You yeah. have, I mean, you just, you just kind of go through the motions day by day. And what, how much time? 20 years. 20 years jumps, right? So he's got to be in his mid to late fifties by the end of this, by the, by this point in the game. Like, cause he's, He's probably in his late 20s early to 30s. early, I would say early to mid 30s is my best guess because <coughs> Sarah's 
Sarah's probably about twelve. He's like Liam Neeson or something. Yeah, no, that old busting heads and yeah, that's. But I think that's because I, when playing the game again, I realized Sarah's probably. I thought she was older the first time we played. Yeah, no, she's pretty young. Yeah, but she's probably about twelve, ten mm-hmm. to twelve. Even if we imagine he had her at eighteen I mean, to twenty, yeah. he's got to be early thirties at this point. I will say that it does say that he had her young in a later chapter, so you know that he's not. Yeah, he's not like in his sixties or anything, but he is probably like the Liam Neeson comparison in Taken is fair, right? So, time jump. You're in this community now, and you're doing jobs, and- which you met, touched on world building later. There's a lot of interesting stuff in that first section when you walk by. The most soul crushing moment of the game for me in the early chapter, like that early section, after you know the death of his daughter. Mm-hmm. There's a bit where you're walking through the camp, and there's just you know people trading rations for various things one of the things people trade rations for is just the opportunity to play fetch with a dog like i heard the dogs barking and i just sort of assumed oh it's a dark edgy kind of game so there's probably dog fighting and it's like no just to play fetch with a dog is like five rations that's like oh okay i didn't that's a weird cocktail of emotions you just gave me right there game thank you for that yeah i guess i didn't explore that much in the opening section even if you don't explore there's a lot of dialogue going Mm -hmm. on and and things happening around you as you're walking from point a to point b that kind of set the tone for what this world is like so fast forward a little bit you're a little bit more than friend friend tess yeah their relationship is like purposefully vague like you You know they have history right but it's not really explicitly stated what that means yeah she wants you to go do this job yeah of transporting this kid to the yeah, fireflies. It's a little bit more complicated. Uh, I just played through the opening section. It's like they're missing merchandise. Like they made a deal with someone and they lost guns. And they That's right. need to recover the guns. So they track the guy who was supposed to give them to him. And it's like, oh, no, we don't have them. The fireflies do these. The sort of kind of. How would you describe the like fireflies? Freedom fighters. Yeah, the fireflies are an interesting anarchists. Yeah, they're they're like a mix between like a rebellion and anarchists because like the the opening credits, which I think do a really good job of like establishing very quickly how the world has changed in that time jump. Because you go from a civilization that was normal and then is falling apart as you end that first uh, prologue, right? To a place that is as hollowed out and broken as Joel is. And the opening credits do a nice job, but they sort of establish like, oh, the government kind of went nuts and became all fascist. And so now it's falling apart even more. And then you have these fireflies who are fighting back. So it's, it kind of paints them in a weird light and that they're, they're kind of, they're kind of anarchists, but they're kind of justified anarchists. So you're, you're throughout the whole game. You're kind of like, I think I trust them because yeah, but also they're kind of sketchy. Yeah, it's kind of like the lesser of two evils right. situation. Right. Yeah. So you're. I think you're supposed to be sympathetic to an extent, but then you will occasionally come across stuff where you're like, these guys aren't all okay either. Yeah, there's no real black and white in this game. So carry on, Alex. Yeah, getting so guns. the Fireflies have them. So you meet up with one of the main leaders of the Fireflies and they're like, we have the guns, but we need you to do a job for us first. We need you to smuggle something out of town. 
and the they confirm okay we they have the guns we need these guns just to continue to survive or whatnot or our entire operations kind of falling apart a lot hinged on these or whatever but the main fact is that the thing that they wanted them to smuggle out was a girl and they're not sure why but they're just like hey smuggle this girl out of town and meet up with us here we need this girl out of town out of this you know like we said this um little safe zone basically yeah. like this one part of civilization that's i mean it still sucks like just wander like you said you didn't even explore and you could pick up like this area just sucks like and so just, if i remember correctly you're trying to get her to a specific meeting point where they're just gonna like pick her up and and take over so you and and tess yeah uh, take ellie and very on your way out of the of the city she shows you her bite Right. Well, it's because you get caught very briefly. Like right. you get, and they check everyone who's coming in or out, or and whatever. It says that she's infected. Right, but she's not turned. So you find out very quickly that Ellie somehow is immune to the virus. To the virus that turns everyone. So all of a sudden, that's why her value just skyrockets, and that's probably why. Oh, okay. So all of a sudden, some pieces for, fit together a little bit more. Right. This isn't just some. Rich Firefly kids. mom yeah. wanting her kid back or something. There's, yeah, this is a, this is something important. Which me as the player, I knew that all along. Oh yeah, no, there's partially it's just because certain information is hard to keep under wraps, and also partially because like you as the player are like something's up. They're not. They, yeah, you you know the whole game revolves around this girl, so it's not just going to be because yeah. because <laughs> right. There's right. going to be some deeper reason in the fact that it's set in a zombie apocalypse. Probably has something to do with that. Yeah. And it, it is, you know, we talked a lot about how, like, the zombie apocalypse is really tangential. This is the only part of it where it does sort of affect the plot, where it's like, Ellie's immunity is why she's important. But at the same time, as the game develops, you realize that's not at all why she's important to Joel. Like, that's the, yeah, that right. becomes kind of a, it's the plot motivator. Some sort of reference to the ending there. Which, sure. Yeah, I think once we get to the ending, I think I have a point <laughs> on that, which is, I don't know, interesting. Yeah, no, yeah, it's... So then jump ahead a little bit more. You try to drop her off at the place you're supposed to. The meeting to. fails. Yeah, because everyone's already dead when you get there. Tess gets bit. Yeah, and then... So she sacrifices herself to buy you some time, which sets up... That whole thing can kind of be like the setup. Right. That sets up, all right, now for the rest of the game, here comes your journey. Right, you have to get... Char- your- you watch these two characters bond over time. Right, they have to get basically across country, because if I'm not mistaken, they're not on the East Coast, but they're close to the East Coast when they start. Do they say where they are? I don't think so, but I don't... I want to say it's probably closer to like... Because by about the midpoint of the game, you're in Colorado, and that took them some time, like a couple months to get there. Yeah, and you're... Isn't when you're... You go off the highway down into the, the town, and you end up getting... They try to... Those people try to take you or whatever... Isn't that like Pittsburgh or something? Yeah, maybe. I'm I, I'm a little shaky on the geography. All I remember is that I'm pretty sure it's an almost entirely cross country trip, and like it goes over like the course of a year because it's based on seasons. Yes, yeah. which I did want to touch on from a structural perspective. That was kind of interesting, but it is weird how the summer season, which is the first one, is by far the longest. Like, yeah, it gets progressively shorter, but all the other ones have about two distinct locations slash. Um, bits you go through the summer one i calculated on the way here has like four major events you have getting out of the safe zone with 
Yeah, probably because it it had to encompass the setup. It, it encompasses the setup, but and why, then it has two additional right, major things. Why not make it the setup be summer, right? Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I think when I like you and I were talking back and forth, and I was playing through it, and I mentioned where I was or whatever, and you said something about oh, you're still in summer or whatever. And it made me think, wait, I'm going to have to play all three seasons? I was oh, thinking, yeah, if they're I mean, all this long. Oh, no, I, I had the same thought because when I first played it, I forgot about this. Like, I saw summer, you know, because each, each season opens up with a little credit that tells you which season yeah. you're in. So I saw summer. But I'm like, I oh, okay. about it too. And then when the ending of summer comes and the ending hits again, because you remember how this summer ends, right? It's with the two brothers. Oh, yeah which is a really bleak, like, holy crap, and then it just goes to black, and then it says fall. Immediately at that point, I'm like, this is going to be a long game. What on earth am I playing? Yeah. The great American novel of video games, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, so the 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 meat of the game, the meat of the story is basically watching how these two characters interact and grow when being faced with garbage situation one mm. after another. Oh, yeah, and it's also important to note that it's not like you go, oh, I can see where this is going. And it does go there with them getting closer, but it's not it's not as straightforward as just like, oh, yeah. Joel becomes protective. Like, he doesn't really like her for like the first third of the game. It he takes he takes care of her because it's the only way at first to get his guns back so he can continue living. And then after Tess dies, he only does it because he has nothing else to do and yeah, he cared Tess, enough about yeah. Tess to like yeah, she right, kind of guilted him into it. Like, hey, I'm about to die as my last wish. You finish this. And he's like okay, fine. It's not really until I want to say probably about midway into fall that he starts realizing like, oh, okay. All right. I'm having that old paternal instinct kick in with this girl. Like kind of towards when you're out with his brother and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, at first she she starts on that horse. Yeah. And she starts, part of it is because she starts calling him out on some of his crap in terms of like, Hey, I'm not your daughter. Don't, yeah. don't treat me like a child. And of course his daughter being like the one sore spot he still has. Right. Yeah. Didn't, and, and a lot of that happened in summer with when it sort of contrasted them with the two brothers. He started teaching her how to fight. Like he started teaching her. He started like, Oh yeah. He gave her a gun. Yeah. And that's yeah. And well, after that, she shoots that guy to save him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're, we're kind of bouncing all around the plot and I don't want to necessarily do like a, recap a scene by scene recap of the of the game so obviously we want to touch on the ending and we want to touch on how they grow together in a relationship i also wanted to touch on kind of how ellie how her character develops because ultimately it ends up kind of being her story and Mm -hmm. the sequel is 100 percent her story oh yeah and i mean ellie grows ellie is a kid throughout most of this game she's a kid in a harsh world so she's always had a bit more of an edge to her than your average kid would have but she is still a kid and so, like, going through the stuff with the two brothers at the end of summer affected her. This is a spoiler cast if you want to just say what happens. Oh, well, okay. Brothers. So you meet these two brothers, and then you get it. Like, they're also trying to survive, and they have this great brotherly relationship with the older brother trying to take care of the younger brother. And they call, they kind of bounce on you and leave you in this crappy situation at some point. And then when you meet back up with them, they're like, hey, got to do what you got to do to survive. Let's be cool again. You yeah, know? no, I mean, it's. It's tough because, like, you know for a fact Joel would have made the same decision. Right. But also, you are you as a player are, like, more hurt because you're like, no, I would have taken care. Joel might not have. I can't do anything about him. But I would have helped. I don't right. know what you're... So, you're still sympathetic, but you're also, like, annoyed and whatnot. But still, it ends up with after surviving a wave of um, 
of the zombies attack. I keep trying to remember what the game's technical term. I hate, by the way, this is a sidebar just in the entire zombie fiction because I know these are very these are not zombies. These are mush fungal infected people. Right. Zombie fiction has this weird obsession with just never saying the word zombies, and I. I, I get it, but also I'm like, just call them zombies. Like I, I right? Can't. Yeah, I'm, like I'm playing through Days Gone right now, and they're called Freakers. Yeah, no. At that point, you're why? just coming up with stupid why? names as an excuse not why? to. Because like the one thing I understand why you don't call them zombies is because like zombies is a little zombies is a little silly to say out loud. So calling them something like the Walkers or the Infected, like all right, it's a little bit more intimidating. But when you come up with something like Freakers, you're like. That's also just stupid. Yeah, I just call, like them people would call them zombies before they called them. Freakers. I also just feel like zombie fiction just must not exist in most zombie infected. Yeah, I feel worlds. like now if zombies just showed up, we'd be like, yeah, they're zombies. Oh, right. Weird. Yeah. But in like The Walking Dead, nobody ever read The Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah or even saw like Night of the, Night of the Living, Living Dead, Dead or anything, anything like that. Like yeah. that. The, the one time this is ever pointed out is in Shaun of the Dead, which is probably my favorite zombie movie, but that's just because it's Edgar Wright and fun. So. Right. Um, so yes, this is just always been a thing. So anyway, their house, they get swarmed by the zombies. Um, the uh, younger, what? we just talked about this. <laughs> they get swarmed by the zombies. They get, uh, the younger kid is bitten, uh, though he doesn't reveal it at first. Then they get to a point where he turns, the older brother shoots him to save Joel's life and then shoots himself in the head. And so you have these characters who you've been traveling with, you've gotten kind of attached to, like you have a rocky relationship, but like. They seem like good people. Yeah, they seem like good people, and their lives are just utterly ripped apart, like right in front of you. And it's and ended. Yes, no, it's just it, but like ended in the most tragic way you can think of. Like it's just the bleakest, most because at that moment you're like, oh well, see, not everything's that bad. You find other people who are in the same boat of you boat as you. You know, you kind of are developing a little bit of camaraderie. You see these happy things. Ellie has someone to talk to, and the younger brother that she can be a right. kid with, and then. Yeah, no, they're just they're they're dead and it's depressing again and you're like, "Oh, right. It's this constant no just trudge of, oh, wow. All right. Cool. Fun." So, yeah. then we transition over to Fall, uh which is still pretty hefty in terms of size, but much much shorter than Summer. Yeah. You really only have the the town with uh Joel's brother. Uh-huh. And you do some stuff there. There's a bandit raid and there's, you know, Ellie runs off after an argument because we're, we're again, we're now at the point where we're starting to see them bond a little bit more, but it's still contentious at times. Right. So they have an argument. She runs off. And Joel doesn't really know what to do with that. <laughs> no, no. Cause he hasn't been a dad for, you know, 20 something years. And the sort of main thing of that particular argument was the fact that Joel was just going to get his brother to take her out and, she did not want that. She was comfortable with Joel at this point. She had known Joel for a while. They had been through some stuff. Right. Joel was tired, and he could probably sense himself starting to get attached, and he didn't want that. So he's like, "I here, you're better at this than me. You're better with people. You know, to his brother, he's like, you do it, and I'll wash my hands of this and just go. Like, he didn't want to care anymore. Plus, from Ellie's perspective, she she could tell that there was starting to be an attachment there where she thought there was. She thought mm -hmm. they had had formed they were yeah they were friends at least now and then when joel was like all right my part's done carry on it kind of offended her you know mm -hmm. and if you go we'll we'll touch on this when we talk about the um the dlc oh. <laughs> well the dlc and the ending but they both tie to the fact that ellie has through most of her life been abandoned constantly like right just, yeah she's 
been alone and not necessarily by her choice. Right. The DLC's name is left behind, and that's just kind of a portrait into Ellie's psyche, where she constantly feels like she has people. She gets attached to them. They leave. You know, she had she had her friend from the DLC who left. She had uh, the Firefly leader who passed her off to other people to take care of. Mm-hmm. She had Tess who then died. She had the new friends they made with the brothers who then died. At this point, she has Joel, and she can sense both that they're starting to get close, but also that he's going to leave again, and she's sick of it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, no, she lashes out. She leaves. As Alex said, Joel does not know what to do with that. He's like, I d- how does one people, how, does, how do you do this anymore? Um, Hashtag relatable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so they go hunt her down. Eventually, the two, like, become, like, make amends after surviving some more crap. And then they go to the next, you know, Joel's like, all right, I'll take you. So the next stop on their trip is a university. Um, and that's a fairly decent sized segment where they just, they're there for some supplies and to look for like a way to get in contact with the fireflies. Like that was the last place they were seen. If I Yeah, there was supposed to be some sort of lab or something they were doing yeah. research out of at that university that yeah, so I guess th- the fireflies were active at that location so they're gonna try to find them there yeah it was like their last known point of so they get there they find out some information over basically where they need to go that's where you see the giraffe no the giraffes are at the very end oh it's further on yeah Yeah. then they have another altercation some bandits uh attack they fight their way through it but during the fight the university is where you're like riding the horse through right yeah yeah that's what i was thinking and where you get the flamethrower which is both a beautiful beautiful gift and also a terrible curse because it wipes out most anything including clickers but it also makes so much noise in its operation that everything in the area is going to charge you so right. y- you can't really start a fight with the flamethrower unless you're prepared to finish it yeah no i did that was just one of the things i remember most vividly about that part is how like ecstatic i was it's like oh this is so great but then fairly quickly you realize this has some serious drawbacks because you do just get to a point where you have to be prepared to have a bunch of fuel back yourself into a corner and just be ready to hunker down and roast them yeah yeah because they will just keep coming until every single one of them's dead but during the altercation with the bandits joel gets seriously injured like impaled on a piece of rebar yeah uh gross oh yeah no that was very uncomfortable to watch <laughs> So then Ellie helps him out of it, and that's where fall ends. And then winter, which is probably the bleakest point in the game. And also very notably, because we were talking about how, from Ellie's perspective, how things have been going. This is the first time in the game since the prologue where you get to play as anyone else besides Joel. You play as Ellie for a good half of the winter chapter. And this probably a little bit before winter, but definitely when winter kicked in was when I was like fully invested. Oh, yes. Yeah. I was like, I'm, which is a long time. Yeah. yeah. I was invested before and I was, yeah, I wanted to see what happened and all that, but I wasn't at the point where I was going to drop the game, but I was, you know, not a hundred percent probably. And then at this point in the story in the game, and especially when they give you control of Ellie and you're like, well, what's going on with Joel and all this kind of stuff. Oh yeah. Cause they don't tell you for like a good hour. Yeah, you're walking around his her and you're like, well, did he die? Yeah. yeah. Is this just that okay that's an interesting way to handle it but i wouldn't put it past him at this point and so it's not until she asks about some medicine they're like oh he might be alive right so that was that for me was when i was all right i'm i'm all in gonna see this through to the very end and probably the most interesting part of the game for me was winter yeah when you're playing as ellie and then you come across those other yes other survivors yes and it's it's also a great bit because it really because they don't tell you what happened to joel right away and because you're in Ellie's perspective and you know she's more naive and more you're and because also as Joel, you've gotten protective of her, 
and now you're playing as her again, which makes you again, we go back to that player in the person's shoes more protective of her. You're all of a sudden trying to decide like, are these people help? Will they help her? Or does she right. need to be suspicious? Like what's what's yeah. going on here? So there's I immediately whole... didn't trust anybody. Yeah, right. Yeah. But and, the game throws you off kilter there. It's like you're not you no longer feel in power because Ellie is weaker in some ways. It's stronger in others. She has yes. that knife. She has yeah, the, the knife, knife which is, is nice. The knife yeah. is very nice because which you need because some of the situations they throw you in in those winter sections are ridiculous mm-hmm. as far as gameplay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the situation you're thrown into in the story is fairly ridiculous as well. Right. So, But as far as, yeah, when you're with that, that one guy, and there's no stealthing. Like, yeah. the zombies are just zombies. coming. They're, they're just coming for you, and that's mm-hmm. it. You got probably playing as Ellie, I died more than I died the whole game up to that point because it's kind of it's kind of like switching gameplay styles to a certain yeah. extent. It, the, game, it, the fundamentals are the same, but you're a weaker character. You kind of have to play her with a different mindset. You have the knife now. You also, she relies more on the bow and she had like a bow and, a, and the long rifle, mm-hmm, which it's mm-hmm. like, what happened to my shotgun? Right. You know? And so that kind of throws a curveball at you too, which was kind of fun. I think in, I'm, we're going to talk about this later, but Last of Us 2, I might enjoy more because I'm playing as her for the majority. Like, mm-hmm. I think I liked her gameplay better and I think yeah. stealth made more sense for her as a character. Yeah. Like, it just fit better aesthetically and in her her build i guess whereas with joel this big beefy dude hunkered down behind a counter joel's a brawler kind of you right know, you could see yeah. him just kind of charging in there and, and wrecking stuff and using you know. his fists to clear the room whereas with ellie that doesn't make a lot of sense since he kind of i'm in a more stealthy creative mindset playing as ellie just right off the bat than mm. I was with Joel. Where's and Joel? It, I'm like, maybe I can just, you know, shoot and punch my way through this. Yeah. And it also makes sense because how you're introduced to playing as Ellie, like the very first time you're put into her shoes, you're hunting. You're right. like hunting a rabbit. So you're just, it's, the game spends like a good, what, 15 to 20 minutes just acclimating you into being stealthy, being very, very careful, taking advantage of right. your smaller size, you're, you know, making less noise in general. Um, I'm actually the part I'm at in the Left Behind DLC is I'm needing to relearn like no 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 quiet be quiet you cannot just walk into a room oh there's only four zombies in there well yes but they will kill you if you make too much noise so just yep play it safe but yeah no it turns out those guys you were right not to trust them they're crazy rapist cannibals so uh as is how people apparently become in all zombie fiction yeah no Apparently, if zombies attack, the survivors are all terrible humans. Right. It's also kind of interesting because at the same time, we do find out, okay, Joel's alive, and he's just really, really injured, really sick, recovering, but, you know, still, like, in bad shape. It's funny because they're both, you start playing as him trying to figure out what happened to Ellie, where is she, what's going on. That whole thing was cool. The way they told the story in that last section where you see things as Ellie playing as her, and then you switch back to Joel and you're trying to trying put- to piece it all back together, but you as the player know, and so you're kind of frantic and you're kind of trying to push Joel faster. You're like, hey, right. come on, let's, let's get we through this. We know what we know what danger Ellie is in, so let's get through this. But Joel doesn't know even where to start. So you have to try to like lead him to where And also you're still playing this this game that's not designed for you to just go blasting your way through stuff. Right. Yeah. And especially because now at this point Joel's injured, so he's not he's not doing as well as he yeah. you know. But it's also interesting 
from a character perspective because both of them are confronting like the worst of humanity. Ellie is literally fighting off rapist cannibals and is trying to just to survive against these terrible people. Joel is as well, but he's also sort of giving in to his worst tendencies. Like how you remember he just tortures the crap out of those two dudes and like the the bit where he get gets a couple of them, interrogates them, and it's just oh, yeah, yeah, mean yeah. and messy and he's like sort of giving in to all of his worst impulses. And me as the player, I was like, yeah, torture him more. <laughs> no, yeah, and there, there, there's part of that, but it's also... They got Ellie. <laughs> yeah, no, and but that's kind of where you see... Yeah, he's starting to just slip into his base nature as well. Yeah, and which which comes back up again at the end, but you see where it's like, normally in stories like these, you know, having a connection with someone brings out the best in someone else, and you see in this one, that's not necessarily true with him. Like, no, yeah. him caring about Ellie kind of, it's good, and it gives him something to live for, but he doesn't do well with those emotions in yep. terms of how he acts, which just makes for a fascinating contrast between the two characters. And then we end once again, because all of these, you know, have all of these sections had a tendency to end on like the darkest possible, you know, summer ends with the two brothers dying, fall ends with Joel getting, you know, stabbed with a piece of rebar and then falling off his horse trying to get away. Winter ends with Ellie killing the leader of the, of the cannibals very messily very 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 violently she just you remember that bit the she just took a machete to his face for like a good six minutes not six minutes but like a fair minute yeah of him, her just, just he killed him yeah, yeah yeah just very violently and joel like found her right after he she did but it was like she did and it okay, was like right for some reason in my mind i was remembering it as joel actually doing the killing no. But yeah, I, I think it's all coming back to me slowly. So just yet another really bleak moment. And then we start off in spring, which is the first half of it is maybe the chillest section in the entire game, which is only fair after winter was so incredibly harsh and bleak. Right. It There's not a whole lot of zombies in that first. There's a couple, but it's not, you know, really intense. You're just going through this nice area. You have the infamous moment with the giraffes. Right. Which is like the first time I played it, I did not want to leave the section with the giraffes. It was so calming after everything you'd gone through. And I knew, I'm like, I didn't know what the ending was going to be. I'm like, but I knew it wasn't going to end well at this point. So like, no, the giraffes are nice. I want to just stay here. Let's just live here. Let's be giraffe people. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And the music is so chill. Mm -hmm. Also, I would like to throw this out because we haven't talked about it. I love the music for this game. The guitar-based kind of like melancholy riffs. Yeah. Yeah some good stuff so then yes we get to the ending segment which do i mean i've been narrating basically a quick breeze through of everything you guys want to discuss the ending a little bit more or i mean i know we're, we're gonna discuss it but i mean do you guys have angles you want to tackle this on that isn't just me recapping it well the ending so you find the fireflies you do and they want to kill ellie yes to, to make a cure Yes, because they've tried other methods and it's not working. And they're to, like to 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 maybe make a cure, right? Right. There's no guarantee. But Ellie kind of says she wants to do it, right? She's no. On board. She gets unconscious before anything happens. She wants to do it, but she doesn't realize it will kill her. No, she doesn't know yet. They never ask her. You get the sense okay. that she would have right. if anyone asked her, but no one asks her. Okay. So yeah, you would assume she would want to help humanity, right? Because she seems like a semi decent person, and then. Joel just loses his mind. Well, yeah, because admittedly, the Fireflies aren't exactly guilt-free here. They're desperate and everything, but they're skipping over, like, they don't even, they have tried with other people yeah, who were seemingly immune, and they've tried less invasive things that wouldn't kill them, and it didn't work. With Ellie, they're just like, let's skip that step. Let's, what? 
Uh, she's the only one they found, I believe. I don't think they say they found they f- because they're talking about her like she's completely new. They are actually fairly confident they can make a cure. Is okay. how they're presented to Joel. Now, how much they're lying or whatnot, but all the player is told is, yes, this is a sure deal. They see how it mutated her brain. They can get it out, make a immunization shot. They're fairly confident that okay. it will work. And I would say, going back to the gameplay perspective and why it kind of taints my overall experiences, this whole ending section where you're fighting to get to Ellie was kind of frustrating to me. We're going to talk about that just a second because me and him had two entirely <laughs> different experiences here because I had probably about the same experience you did where, okay, so you're told Ellie's got to die to make the cure. Joel wants no part of that and thus goes to save her and fights his way through all these really well-armed guys. Yeah, waves of dudes in this game that's not designed to be a yeah. third-person cover shooter and that's basically what they throw you into because you can maybe stealth a couple of them, at least the way I was yeah. struggling through no. these rooms. But for the most part, it's like, Alright, shoot, shoot, shoot. Alright, switch guns. Shoot, 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 and then make your way through to to the operating table. Right. No, it's it, it. I had a lot of trouble. I did more stealth than you, but like it was still like really tough stealth. Like there's probably you know. Yeah, you had to be dedicated if you were going to do stealth. Uh huh. So I fought. I still ended up getting in gunfights, whatnot, but it was more strategic. It wasn't just like walk through the halls, shoot, cover, shoot. Well, it yeah, was, I would I would enter a room with the plan of stealthing as many as I could before dis- getting discovered, but then also knowing I'm going to get discovered and I got to right, be, ready, be, to be shoot. ready to shoot. Alex, how did you do this? Okay, so I didn't kill anyone, like at all. I snuck past them all. Kind of, it took a lot of attempts. Ran from them is a better word. Like, I kept getting undercover. But I don't know. I was, I, I don't know. Sometimes I, I don't have a good explanation for this, really. I was sort of, I played a game recently that, like, made me really unqueasy about, like, killing people I didn't feel like needed to be killed. Like, you're going to have a lot of fun with the sequel. Yeah, I know. I, so I really will. You would go into a room and sneak around them, and then if you got spotted, just haul to the exit. Yeah, and I died a lot. It took me like hours to get through. And you the did section. this because of some sort of like moral compass hit you all of a sudden. Yeah, basically. I mean, this was years ago. I'm not sure how I'd feel about it now. Right now. Yeah. But so you thought that these are just people doing their jobs. They don't all need to die. Yeah, that was basically my thing at that point. Because see, I was kind of in Joel's head in in that moment where I was mad that these people were doing this, and also didn't fully trust them, and was kind of like, whatever stands between me and Ellie sucks to be them right no and i was kind of in the middle but i was just really amused because me i didn't watch him play through this i played through it and then if, what was it like a few months later you played through it yeah it, was it sounds like there. watching him play through it would have really frustrated me well like, i mean there's a guy get it oh, what, what do you do oh you died well see and it was only for this section the rest of the time these were bands and people who were trying to kill me so i didn't feel bad now that joel was sort of on the offensive and was like so you were trying to to keep your Joel as a decent person, which doesn't work because narratively, not really. No, no, no. Well, no, and that's that's kind of what the end, which we'll get to in just a second. But I thought it was funny when, but the ending is sort of firmly like, no, Joel is not a decent person. Yeah, he just did all this. Yeah, for selfishly. Yeah. yeah, and even goes much farther because we'll talk about that in a second. But um, but it was really funny because I played it. He played it a few months later, and it wasn't until we talked about it, probably about. I don't know, six months ago when we first had this discussion about Last of Us, because the, you know, the sequel's getting ready to come out, and we were discussing, and I absentmindedly mean, because I also spent hours playing through the section, but with the trying to fight my way through, stealth kill my mm-hmm. way through, that sort of thing. So I spent, you know, the same amount of time as him, 
but I was just constantly fighting through it. He's like, oh yeah, I didn't kill anyone. I'm like, what do you, what do you, what do you mean you didn't kill? He's like, I didn't kill anyone except the doctor who I had to. Yeah, like, see, this this conversation came up when Watch Dogs Two came out uh-huh. because you played as this kind of happy go lucky hacker kid, and so there was a, a disconnect in the fact that he, you could like three D print guns and just like kill your way through mm-hmm. situations. So a lot of people played the game non lethal where they would hack stuff, do tech, they would use their stun gun because it made more sense with the character and, mm-hmm. and the narrative yeah. and the setting. And that kind of makes sense where the setting kind of calls for it, the character kind of calls for it, and you as the player have the choice to kind of decide, okay, my Marcus, this is his name, wouldn't kill people, so I'm right. not going to. But Joel would. Yes, It's no. like you you tried to Alexify Joel and <laughs> I and, did and the game does not call for that in any and, way. You know, it wasn't that wasn't really supposed to be an option where you know, oh, if you do this, your Joel is going to no. be a nicer dude in the end or whatever. No. It does bring up an interesting point because a lot of people like to talk about ludo narrative dissonance, which half the time I kind of roll my eyes at because usually it just means like, hey, it's kind of weird that this game is fun, but also you kill literally 400 people across the time right. like your character's a mass murderer and it's sort of like video games man like that's how they work like okay in a movie if someone kills two guys that's an exciting it, movies 90 minutes kills two guys in a three minute fight scene that's an exciting three minutes and that's a decent amount of time but in a video game you're talking 15 hours killing two guys is nothing in terms of challenge so they have to throw in 15 guys for you to kill for it to be a challenge that adds up it just Unless it's one every of every game is made by FromSoft. Yeah, no, and I mean, I think that stuff is, I think what you're talking about with FromSoft is valid. Like, I find those kind of games where it's like, oh, there's only two guys, but they're really, this is going to take you 10 minutes to figure out how to kill these two guys. I think that's interesting, too. But that's not for everybody. Oh, yeah, Yeah. and it's not for every game. So, like, the Uncharted games get hit with that a lot, where it's like, it's all plucky and happy-go-lucky, but you're shooting hundreds of people, and I'm like, yes, because it's that kind of game. Like, it's... They're all bad somehow. Yeah, yeah, no. (laughs) There's literally in the first game... No, not the first. The second game, there's a bit where it's like he insists on using stun gun, like on trank darts because he's like, these guys are just doing... They're museum security. They're just doing their job. Like, I'm not killing them. But like the rest of them are like mercenaries and pirates and all these sort of terrible people. So you're like... They're bad Eh, guys. Yeah, they're bad guys. Whatever. Right. No, and that's just also the attitude of the game. Last of Us is both of them seem to be very much about violence sucks and you're playing as a violent person, so you're not really supposed to like Yeah. It's it it's not ludonarrative of dissonance when you kill like seventy people. It's supposed to be like this, this guy's is... kinda got a problem here. Yeah. Like he Yeah. And it's yeah. also survival and it's a bleaker tone. Like it it's one of those complaints where I most of the time people just are like, Ludo narrative dissonance, you kill so many people, but it's supposed to be fun. I usually just kind of roll my eyes like, it's not, you're just saying words, you're not actually presenting it. Have argument. you ever killed anybody? It might be fun. Just no. kidding. Yeah. Strike that from the record. <laughs> Moving so when, on, the, the, actual, the ending. The actual ending. The meat and potatoes. Oh yeah, and there's the so much. makes this game... Probably what it is. No, there is ultimately. a lot to unpack in this ending. Yeah. You go find Ellie. They're about to operate on her. You kill what? The surgeon, probably. There's you more can kill one, as many people as yeah. There's more like people in the room than you just, have to kill the surgeon. Yeah, the only one you have to kill is the surgeon. And right? I probably shot them all up. There's like three or four, mm-hmm. like some assistants, nurses, whatever. You grab her, you carry her out to the elevator. In a scene, by the way, the carrying her to the elevator 
directly mimics the very opening of the game when he's carrying his daughter. Like, same body posture. He's saying the same, it'll be okay, baby girl. Like, you go down the elevator, and there's some important character. The the leader of the Fireflies girl who you've known since the beginning. Marlene. She's down there. Mm-hmm. It's who we've been talking about. Marlene is her ah, name. <laughs> that name really stuck with me. <laughs> yeah. You just played it yesterday. So, I mean, that's. So, she tries to talk you out of it one last time, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You shoot her in the face. Yeah, basically. And you realize at this point also that Joel knows that Ellie would want this. Like, she points that out and you see yeah, that Joel. she's basically like, hey, you know. Yeah. Ellie's a better person than you. She'd probably want to save, try to save the planet if there was some chance that she could. And Joel's basically like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not I'm only does gonna he. I'm going to shoot you in the it, face and I'm going to keep on walking. Because the game also does a really clever bit where it intercuts him getting into the elevator with him driving away. And at first, there's no one in the passenger seat next to him. And oh, so yeah, yeah. I forgot how they you, cut you that have, ending. You have a bit where you think maybe he. Maybe he didn't. Like, maybe the end is him driving, like, fighting through that and then giving but up. But how did you feel when you saw that as a player? Were you like, uh, Joel, you made the right choice, or were you like, where's Ellie? Well, no, it was more like I was dealing with the impact of it more than making a judgment call. Like, at, at that moment when I thought for a brief split second that, like, he had done the right thing and left Ellie there and was driven away, it was more like, ooh, ow, that's just a really impactful, that hurts, that's a lot. And then it just slowly starts to peel back the layers where you see the conversation between him and Marlene. And then you see Ellie in the back and you realize what's happened. And not only does he take Ellie and leave, but like he stone cold murders Marlene just, just not because she needs to, like she's not a threat to him at the point he kills her. Like he, I think he shoots her in the legs first so she can't do anything and then kills her to make sure she never comes after him again. So it's, it's, it's literally you watch him descend fully into i'm looking out for my needs here and i will kill literally anyone who gets in that way you basically watch his full descent into itself which makes the next scene the ending the back to summer basically right where you do play as ellie again like that that last little section you play Mm -hmm. as ellie uh and you see how excited joel is to start their new life and how kind of hesitant ellie is because that's where i got my mixed up he tells her there were lots of people that had the yeah that that's had, where that happens he says they found dozens of them nothing works they gave up looking for a cure he completely lies to her about the entire oh time. yeah oh yeah and we basically get we get ellie telling him the story of her friend that the dlc eventually tells yeah. like in full of her saying like i've constantly been left behind i've constantly you know one of my someone i was really close to died right in front of me and if i could do anything to stop all this i would He's like, yeah. I know, uh, yeah, no. He's just completely like given over, and she's like, so there's nothing I could have done, and he's like, promise me, and he looks her dead in the eye and lies to her, and she looks back at him, and y- you realize like you're not quite sure if she knows he's lying, but she knows something's up. She, yeah, and she just looks at him and says, okay, and then the game ends because and the it's- game ends, and it was apparently a perfect ending, and people didn't necessarily think there should be a sequel. And now everybody's like down for the sequel. Well, <laughs> admittedly, okay, so here's my thing. Before we unpack the ending a little more, here's my thing with the sequel is I never thought there needed to be a sequel, but partially it's because games move in the opposite direction as movies. Movies have always had sequels and continuations and whatnot. As much as people are like, oh, there's too many sequels nowadays. There's always been that sort of like, oh, people like these will make more. Uh, it's only recently that sequels became profitable enough to become the main 
thing like before um the godfather part two and empire strikes back sequels were usually thought of as lesser films and they were made for cheaper they weren't the more expensive make more money things they were the oh yeah these you you shell this out to make a quick buck but no one really cares it wasn't until stuff like godfather part two and empire strikes back they're like oh no wait these can be just as good if not better than the originals and so then the sequel boom happened games have always been sequel based but that's because of how games work is that you refine the mechanics so like you make the first one is kind of the testing concept make sure it works it's fun and then you make another one one is like polishing it up yeah and so on and so forth and you shake it up and it's always like a refinement so game sequels have always been a thing so for much the same reason when the last of us came out i'm like you did a lot with the concept i there's stuff you could refine sure but like i thought it was good for what it was uh the story was really lovely and self-contained I just thought their story was so perfectly finished. The reason I'm still probably almost certainly going to play Last of Us Part 2 when it comes out... Is because it says Naughty Dog on it. Basically. You will always <laughs> buy the newest Naughty Dog game. It's I'm glad you that. called him out. <laughs> yes, no, it's basically it. Like, I just like their stuff enough to where I'm like, if they're doing this, and it's the same director as last time, um, if they're doing this, I trust them enough to do- go, even if like I didn't want this, mainly because now that Uncharted is kind of wrapped up I'm curious to see, okay, what else they got? Like, what's- Well, they even came out and said, hey, we wouldn't have made a sequel unless we thought we had a story worth telling. You know? right. We're not just going to cash out. Cash cow this. Yeah, it's, yeah. They, they feel like it's it's worth it and it's relevant. And, and I that- trust them enough to be like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. So I didn't think there needed to be a sequel. I was admittedly a little disappointed when they're like, yes, we're doing a sequel. Just because, again, from my perspective, they finished Uncharted and they finished it really well. I wanted to see, okay, but what's your next thing? What's I've seen Last of Us. I know what that looks like. What does Naughty Dog look like after Uncharted? And they're like, you have to wait probably like another four years before we show you because Last of Us Part 2. So I, there's not Part 3. Yeah. But, you know, so I was a little let down because I'm like, oh, well, I was hoping for something really new. But yeah, I'll still give it a chance because even playing through the bits of Left Behind that I have and even watching him play through the bits of, I really, it, they are really good at their jobs. So I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm invested. I'll see it. I didn't think there needed to be one. I'm not like, I'm not over the moon for this like I was for most of the Uncharted sequels where I was super hyped for three yeah, and not, four. I would say that I'm not super hyped for it. I wouldn't, if it was next gen, I wouldn't buy a PS5 for it. You know, yeah. it's, it's, and I also didn't, the first one was so heavy and I played it so recently that I'm like, do I really want to jump back into that world where it seems like they're doubling down on that dark and twisted heaviness? Mm. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if I'm ready for that quite yet because it's one of those games where I'm sure I'll want to finish it, mm-hmm. see the story, play through it, but I know it's going to be exhausting. Oh, yeah. And the thing that got made me certain that this one was going to be more exhausting was the director, Neil Druckmann, said the first game was, in its own twisted way, a game about love. Yeah. Like, and the second the game... The second one's about hate. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, immediately yeah. I'm like, <laughs> well, dang, this is just going to suck, yeah, isn't it? It's like, going to be... It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a sucky thing that I love, but it's going to suck. So yeah, we've touched about Last of Us two probably enough. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you guys wanted to mention about the ending of the first game? Anything put a little bow on that? Yeah, well, just like I said earlier, I hated it when I first played it. Like I was, I did not like it. And then once I realized, like the point of the game was that you weren't supposed to like. It wasn't vindicating Joel. It wasn't saying, no, see, right. this was the awesome thing to do. It was like, no, this is terrible. You're you, supposed to. You're supposed to, as a human person who just played through that experience, wrestle with how you're feeling, right? Yeah. Because 
for most of the game, you ident like you said, you put yourself in the head of Joel. You wanted to protect Ellie and everything. Yeah, and you feel kind of like he's doing what he thinks is right. But at the same time, you step back because you're not him, and you're like, but that wasn't right. And you, to a certain, at least me, to a certain degree, like I think about my daughter, and it's like, to a certain degree, I would do what he did. Mm -hmm. But then he just takes it too far. Right, no, I think that's the thing for me, was not that... I don't empathize and com- like, yeah, no, that makes sense. Most of what he did to me, everything up to yeah, because shooting everything up till killing the surgeons and then murdering Marlene. I'm like, I get this. It was once he kills the, like once he kills the surgeon and then murders Marlene that I'm like, yeah. And then lies to Ellie. And then lies it. to her about it. Then you realize, that. oh no, he's gone way over the line. Yeah. And yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. What did you think, Alex? What was your feeling when you first wrapped up? Well, I will say that for one, I did not go into this ending exactly blind um, because as Caleb said, he really didn't like it and he played it once before. (laughs) So I got this ending like discussed at uh, ad nauseum before I actually ever picked up the game at all. Taint your experience or are you used to that being his younger brother? Um, I usually finish the games before him, so probably no. for that reason. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also he's just better at video games than I am. It's true. Yeah, it is just the thing. But playing that, through it yourself, did it? Was it different than just talking about it with someone? Yeah, because I did see the sort of the fact that that was the point. Um, I think I I don't know if I saw it before Caleb did, but I did see that the point of this is that Joel's a horrible person. Right. Like, the entire point of it is that a horrible person, and the thing is, I would have been completely for killing them all if you know I didn't see the fact that it was now just Joel's his own motivations here. It's not like he was looking out for anyone but himself at that point. And right. It, that was hard. And the thing is that you do one thing this game does is that you're like, wow, he is sort of a terrible person, but you feel bad for him because of course you do. This is a terrible situation. This is it's it's in it. You know, it does make you examine your own like moral compass at that point because it's you relate so much to this person. And you're like, he just hurt lots of people. It is the whole infection thing doesn't really affect him that much to that point. But you have seen it affect people you see the fact that it affects ellie it took her best friend away it took away the two brothers like it tore their lives apart and you see the fact that this does make this world very messed up and there's this you know you see why ellie would want to try to fix all this but he doesn't care he doesn't it's at this point that her personhood it does not matter as much as the fact that as much as his attachment to her Right, it's, and he makes the decision for her. Yeah. And then lies to her about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think Alex clicked with it before I did, because I was just so mad, because I was, like you said, the first time I played through this, I was completely in Joel's head. I was completely for, yeah, no, I have to protect Ellie. And then at the end, when the game takes away control of Joel from me and has him do these horrible things, or forces me to do terrible things, like kill the surgeon, that's when you go, wait, no, I didn't want to do this. And that was kind of the several points in the game had been pointing to towards that. I just didn't pick up on it. In my first playthrough, I had to watch some video essays and then play through different chunks of it again to be like, no, part of the point of the game is that this isn't your story. This is not one of those games where you get to pick what kind of person your character is going to be, what kind of you're playing through Joel's story. Right. And Naughty Dog did a good, uh, interesting thing, I guess, a smart thing with the story they were telling where they start out. They don't, you don't really feel that or get that till the end of the game because mm-hmm. a lot of people didn't connect with Red Dead Redemption 2 because in the first, because for one thing, it's a long game, right? So mm-hmm. the first however many hours you're investing in this game, you don't like the character because you start out playing this bad guy. 
and you're not connecting with him and you might want to make him a nicer guy you might want to make different choices than he's making where and the game is telling you hey make this about make this your character make him make his beard how you want it make him dress how you want it this is your character but then certain things are happening in the story where you're like i wouldn't have made that choice and over time if you stick with it it tells this really beautiful story about that character and him changing and have you know having making better choices and having different perspective on life and all that kind of thing but a lot of people gave up on the game early on because they weren't clicking with the character and they didn't like that it was forcing them to make decisions Mm -hmm. and naughty dog did that same thing to a certain extent but at the end Right. They leave you with that and kind of in the last moments drive the nail in the coffin and drive the point home and you're just kind of left to sit there and watch the credits roll and think about (laughs) what just happened. It's very interesting in a way. It's um, a lot of games, they want you to identify like from just a very simple narrative and making you feel good thing. It's, you know, power fantasy, but they want you to identify with this character that's like, oh, look, they're this good person and who's doing the right thing and you want to do all these things with them you want to identify with them last of us it's like hey i identify with this character so much isn't that terrifying isn't that just this kind of scary most video games are like escapism or power fantasies where you either aren't really playing as a character right playing as a thing fighting other things like a lot of old kind of darksiders-esque games you go into a room the gates fall down you fight then you go into the net you know whatever and then when they started doing more character-driven games and character-focused games, you're playing as characters that you like and that are the good guys. Yeah, they're good guys, but they're and still they usually cool have like and... a happy ending or yeah. whatever, or you, t- the story at least ties up nicely. I mean, even in like say Grand Theft Auto, you're playing as like criminals or whatever, but it's not. It's a little more lighthearted, and it's a little bit more. They're still likable to a certain extent. Turn it over to this game. Oh yeah, there's like I, nothing redeeming about yeah the, the world or I, the characters would, or any of that. I would like to point out that there's nothing wrong with the escapism or power fantasy thing because that gets discussed a lot. Like, oh, these are just power fantasies. Therefore, I'm like, there's value to that. There's there's a definite like. I don't think there's a bad thing with. I think too much of it can be a bad thing. Well, everything in life is yeah. about moderation. Oh yeah, so I. I really enjoy stuff like that. I really enjoy stuff that lets you just blow off some steam by, you know, fighting uh, by fighting like 70 enemies and absolutely winning and all that stuff. Right. There's value in that. But I think part of the reason The Last of Us hit so hard when it did is because it was a game that very much shoved in your face that like the only emotion video games can produce doesn't just have to be catharsis and joy. Sometimes it can be like heavy. And And also... Last of Us is not a power fantasy. Not at it's all. It's not. It's a story made out of desperation. And your character is pretty weak. Mm-hmm. I mean, I played on easy and that helps, but you still end up in these situations where you're fighting, say, three or four guys or whatever, and somebody comes up, sneaks behind you, bam, you're dead. Oh, yeah. Or the a room has like six zombies in it and it's hard to get through, whereas you play Left 4 Dead or you play games like that where you're just overpowered, just mm-hmm. mowing down enemies without you know, yeah. any hesitation or any challenge, that's like the escapism power fantasy side of it, whereas this game is trying to make you feel underpowered. Yeah. So maybe for but me, that's, sort of, that takes away that element of fun, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, and I, I have, part of it, we discussed this before a little bit, and I'm sure we'll discuss it a bit more. It's a mood thing. Like, what are you, what are you in the mood right. for? Right. So there are times when I am absolutely not in the mood for anything like Last of Us. Like, no. I don't want a dark, depressing... Uh, I have to admit, the sequel coming out next year, we'll see what kind of mood I'm in when I play it. But like, 
had it come out earlier this year, I don't think I would have enjoyed or liked it or played it even just because yeah, no. I was in a sp- I was in a space earlier this year where it's like, no, I don't need something like that. It's just it's any kind of entertainment or yeah. or uh, media or or whatever you watch a show or you read a book or listen to music. Especially music can affect or mm-hmm. all you can enjoy music a lot more depending on your mood. Mm-hmm. And I think games have reached the point where they're kind of the same way. You, like you said, Last of Us is not something that you're going to want to play if you're going through some sort of personal struggle or something that, I mean, maybe some people do yeah. like that and they that helps them get through it. But for me, it's like, if if I'm frustrated, I had a long day, you know, et cetera, I want to go home and I want to put in like Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. And I want to just beat up thugs and swing around the city and everything's bright and colorful and fun. And, and you have that music playing and it's yeah, all and triumphant. Yeah, it just feels epic. And, and you're Spider-Man. And you're Spider-Man. <laughs> Who doesn't want to be Spider-Man? I want to be Spider-Man. Yeah, there's definitely mood mood plays a that's yeah. That might be part of why I didn't want to play Last of Us the first time when I was at your house, you know. Mm. It just wasn't the timing wasn't good. It just did not fit where I was right. at in my life at that point. And also I was alone in someone else's house at night and didn't feel like playing that. No, game. yeah, no. Uh, again, I would like to point out when I first started playing it, I wouldn't play it right before bed because I was at someone's house. And then when I stopped house sitting and I wasn't finished with the game, I was about halfway through. Uh, I couldn't play it during the daytime because that's when my younger sister, who at the time was far too young to be around most of the content in that game. For sure. I'm getting to the point now where my daughter's going to be getting old enough that I have to... Like, actively like, "Ah, I can't play this while she's in the room. Yeah, it's like it's after she goes to bed or it's got to move to another room or Mm -hmm. definitely might want to start playing with headphones, turn subtitles off, but that only fixes, like, language. Right. There's still gore and... Some yeah. you know nudity in some games, stuff like that, that definitely definitely changes how you can game. Oh yeah, so I had to play it at night at that point, but it was better because it was in my own house and there were other people in the house, even yeah. if they weren't awake, <laughs> and somehow that made it better. Yeah. So yeah, I this this was a one this was one that playing it at night in a strange place was not not fun, and that is that just also on points before because we're wrapping up and everything we didn't touch on it. The atmosphere in this game is amazing. The sound design, the the yeah. tension the clicks the yeah. click the clicks are now in a list a very short list of things that can just unnerve me very just by hearing they them. nailed exactly what they were going for and i hate every second of it yeah, yeah. no they, yeah. yeah that's I fair i did not enjoy <laughs> it's like one of those games where you you can tell oh i just walked by some ammo oh and th- there's just a bat laying there mm-hmm. oh all of a sudden i just got separated from ellie i'm not going to enjoy this part <laughs> right and then yeah sure enough you're in a flooded dark basement and oh you the to, stuff you have to turn on a generator that you know is going to attract the yes. horde so switching over to left behind the dlc which i haven't finished yet so i'm you'll i know how it ends and everything i played it immediately after i beat the game because i was like if i don't play it now i'm probably not going to play it mm-hmm. yeah no i just i hadn't played it because i never bought the dlc and then when it dropped on playstation plus with you it know the remastered it, it yeah. comes with it so i i started up but yeah no i was at a part where Okay, you got to go restart the power to this section of the shopping mall. Yeah. Uh, so you have to wade through this water to get to this thing. And I immediately, I'm like, I do not enjoy this. There's yeah. there's stuff. And yeah, no, th- I have died already multiple times, um, both at that section and one early on before. Just because you're like, oh, what was the part where, okay, you go to the pharmacy and then you find the note. It's like, hey, we locked the, the, the pharmacist got sick. He has the key or whatnot. Um, we locked him in the princess store next door. 
And so you get the combination, you open it up, and you crawl in, and like there's just fungal spores everywhere, and it's really dark, and you have to turn on your flashlight. Now, the spoiler here, there is nothing actually in that store, but you don't know that when uh-huh. you walk in. You're just wondering, like, something's going to come around. Uh-huh. And, you, and so when I finally found the his corpse, and he had, like, died, but he had turned before he died, so now he's just, like, this half-rotten mushroom person. Yeah, and then you have to, like, get the card off. Isn't it, like, a little cutscene you watch, and you're just waiting for him to jump out and grab her? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. It? You're in control during that, but you do mm-hmm. press the button to go grab the stuff out of his pocket, and she's, like, waiting for him to jump, like you said. Mm-hmm. And so, like, at that point, I've collected myself. I'm good. I'm like, okay, that was really, really creepy, but I'm good. And then I walk out of the store, and a clicker grabs me. Like instantaneously, like I just wasn't paying enough attention because I had just gotten myself to a place of calm after weeding right. through that and walked out and I didn't notice that there was a clicker in the next room and it got me. I would say overall Left Behind I enjoyed. I liked the length of it. It wasn't too long. Mm-hmm. I like the shopping mall. I, I, I have an yeah, architectural thing. Yeah, the fact that it all kind of takes place in the mall. Yeah. like Dead Rising except yeah. not campy. Yeah, no. <laughs> I have the Dead Rising games. I need to try them at some point. I would say the only thing I didn't really enjoy is like the last part where you basically you get discovered and mm-hmm. you're defending joel where you have him hidden all these soldiers are coming in and you're killing them all you gotta like kind of sneak around get behind them kill them shoot them it's like a little survival ish mm-hmm. thing which just because of the way that game plays i just didn't really particularly mm-hmm. enjoy and the way i play third person action games but i really liked the, the the game as a whole and the the story it told i thought it was it, it probably playing that probably makes me a little bit more excited for the sequel, knowing mm-hmm. that you're going to control Ellie than if I just played the base game and not played the DLC and then jumped because that seems like a little tease or a taste of what the next game is going to be. Cause it's all about her kind of discovering who she is as a person dealing with, you know, a friend that could be more than a friend and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And then her finding out like who she is and what she likes outside of other influences like Joel and, and right people that she's always been around just i guess kind of growing up and it seems like two is going to kind of pick that up she's obviously she's older right but it's kind of just picked that thread up and run with it where it's like ellie's kind of coming to her own now and she kind of knows what she likes and doesn't like and i think probably i'll open it up to you guys too before we close just kind of final thoughts but one of the things i'm most intrigued about in the sequel is to see how they handle the ellie joel relationship to see if they address it to see if it happened between games yeah. Or if it's going to happen. Also, the whole way that they're advertising this game, making you think that her girlfriend died and you're on a revenge mission, I feel like that is trying to subvert you. I Yeah, I won't be surprised if it's as simple as that, but I also won't be surprised if it's more complicated than that. There's yeah. also... I don't think that they would just flat out like tell you this is what's going on. I think that they threw that out there as like a distraction to make people think this is what the game what the game is but it's actually there's theories out there you know that joel's all in her head and joel's yeah which died the the most i think the most recent trailer kind of disproved like the the what where he said he wasn't gonna let her do it alone yeah there's i mean not really people were saying it could have been like a arkham knight situation yeah but at the same time i don't know what the point like for me i don't know what the point of that would be other than a twist like because i don't know yeah, I, I don't know. And I really, I'm kind of like, I see, I hear about the game and I kind of see like little bits and things. I, I watched the most recent trailer, but for me, I'm kind of like, I'm just going to wait and, and see, see what it is. Yeah. yeah, I'm not 
gobbling up every little bit of information I can find on this game because I'm not going to play it the day it comes out probably. Right. But And also just because I've gotten to the point where there's enough games and things to hold my attention that need to be this one will probably be here before I know it, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, so um, yeah, any any last things that you need to say there that you think we need to touch on before we before we wrap it up? Overall, I think this game. I get why it's as high, why highly regarded as it was. I also get why there's been a little bit of blowback in recent years over like, hey, was this really that special, or were we were all just like, oh, shiny new thing, and it's going for prestige, therefore it, game art equal good art. Yes, please, this good. Um, I do think it is well articulated. Yeah, no, that was the joke. Um, <laughs> I do think it more or less deserves to be remembered as a really, a really interesting landmark title. Um, it's also at the same time I say that it is a very important game. It is a really interesting game. I don't think it's going to be everyone's cup of tea for various reasons. And some people it's just like, hey, I've seen this kind of story before, and I don't really care, or I don't want to play something that depressing, or I just don't like that kind of game. Right. It it's not going to be all things to all people the way some games are, but I do think it is was an important step for the art form and for the industry. I really enjoyed it despite the fact that I don't think it's quote unquote fun, but I do think it was really well made and for that reason I'll play the second one even though I am ter- firmly on team sure. At the same time though, as much as I'm like I don't really want another Last of Us, I also don't want to tell artists what to do like Hey, make this thing make this thing for me. Do what you got to do. Make what you got to make. But yeah, no. So well, I'm cautiously optimistic. I think it'll be good, but I'm also like, I'm sure it'll be good. Yeah, yeah Alex, I have no idea what to expect from the second one in so many different ways. I could, I don't know. It does seem dreary to the point of like, I don't know what they're going for in some ways. I don't. I have no vision of what I'm gonna walk away from the second one with. How about the first one? Any closing thoughts or anything that you want to... Anything that we didn't mention that you just... You can't leave unsaid? No. no. Good. <laughs> we did a good job. Yeah, pretty exhaustive. Pretty thorough. Well, I'm going to do something different. And maybe as we start getting more and more listeners, this will become more and more viable. I'm going to throw our... I, I created an email for the podcast. So if people want to email us and ask us questions, give us suggestions, tell us what to do to make the show better things they like, things they didn't like, etc. It is levelplayingfield77 at gmail.com. Because believe it or not, Level Playing Field was already taken. As well as Level Playing Field 1 through 76. Yep. Also, I just like the number 77 because it's two lucky numbers back to back. It's kind of like Little Caesar saying pizza pizza. My favorite word said twice in a row. Mm. That is a pretty good word. Yeah. Bring great. Brings joy, unlike The Last of Us. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, just remember... The Last of Us is not as joyful as pizza. Go get yourself (laughs) some pizza. If you didn't learn anything else, learn that. (laughs) All right, well, this has been another episode of Level Playing Field. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Caleb, for joining me. I'm Andrew Kimball. I've been your host. Thank you guys for listening.